Here we are. It's another day in paradise, and we're here to make a difference. Let's analyze and think about the future and how things that are happening around the world right now can impact us in a huge, major way if you are not thinking about it and not prepared. I'm Tom Young, and I'm here for AnchorFM.com podcast called Money Shifts and Facebook Live at the Family Money Farm Group. You need to join. You need to be part of the audience. Participate, communicate, pass the information on. But we're here today, and we're going to talk about cashless banks. Now, you don't think that can happen? But the gal it works for me just during holidays. She went to the bank to get a couple of thousand dollars, just two thousand dollars, to have spending cash for the holidays and gifts and envelopes, etc. And the bank couldn't give her two thousand dollars. The bank didn't have two thousand dollars in cash. And the lady at the bank says, "Well, our shipment didn't come in this week." Oh, that was an interesting answer. Our shipment didn't come in this week. We'll get into that deeper in a minute. We start every presentation with prayers for everybody around the world. This China virus out of the Wuhan lab in China has touched every life in the world. In good, bad, otherwise, it has ruined some people's health. The vaccines have caused problems. Just my opinion. Is all it is. I'm not a medical person. All I know is from my own experience and how I interpret that experience. We pray for those who have been affected by this. We pray for those who have lost loved ones, and especially we pray for the loved ones who have been lost. We pray the Lord would gather them into His arms and take them to His heaven above. In Jesus' name, we pray. We had prayers for Ukraine and all of those poor people that are under the the guns of of war in between Russia and Ukraine. We pray for the lives who have been lost. Pray for the destruction and the people that have lost things. We pray that the Lord would get into the minds of these men and help them find a negotiated peace of some kind and stop the destruction. And the killing. In Jesus' name, we pray. You know it's funny. I come on here three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I try to be on here at noon. It doesn't always work. I had an appointment here in the office today, and and it was tied up a little bit on that. Our quote today, our daily quote. This is from Douglas MacArthur. 1880 to 1964 is his lifespan. Douglas MacArthur graduated from West Point with the highest honors in his class. Brilliant and controversial, he carried his ambition and lust for achievement through posts in World War I, World War II, and the Korean War. During the course of World War I, MacArthur was promoted to full general, became Army Chief of Staff. MacArthur battled the Japanese in the Philippines during World War II and served as the Allied commander of the Japanese occupation. The Korean War began in 1950, and MacArthur was soon selected to command the United Nations forces there. 
After initial success, he then encountered massive Chinese resistance and entered into a bitter dispute with President Truman. Despite Truman's insistence on a limited war, MacArthur persisted in initiating the offensive. He was relieved of command by Truman for insubordination in 1951. Ever aloof and enigmatic, MacArthur retired to private life, the symbol of a zealous dedication to duty, honor, and country. First quote, there is no substitute for victory. And, and that is the quote today from Douglas MacArthur. There is no substitute for victory. And, and you know, <laughs> when, when I read these quotes, they always seem so appropriate to what is going on around the world. You know, I started out talking about cashless banks. Uh, there, on the news yesterday, there are two or three banks, big banks in the U.S. that have now started to move to digital currency. What does that mean? I, I, again, my opinion, people say, well, what does that mean? Well, if, if digital currency is what it is, then what do we need banks for? Because when you go to the bank, what do you typically go to the bank for? To make a deposit of cash or to take cash out. If all of a sudden there is no cash, why do we need banks? That's why I have been talking recently about having cash at home equal to minimum three months, maybe as much as six months expenses in cash for food, shelter, and clothing. Uh, because if, if this happened, there is going to be a tremendous upheaval and turnover of everything. It's going to be upside down. And you need to have access to some cash, some capital. It's always been about access to capital, success in planning, prosperity economics, which is the pro programs that I teach people, prosperity economics. And, and it really comes down to you know, what's going on? What what can I do? If I look at prosperity economics, there are principles to prosperity economics. There are 12. I'm only going to talk about six today because you have to fully understand the first seven to understand all 12. The first one is think. Owning a prosperity mindset eliminates poverty, scarcity thinking that keeps you stuck. Now, that's all we talk about on here is expanding the six inches between your ears. This magical muscle between your ears, the thinking muscle, we need to massage it. We need to exercise it. We need to constantly feed it new information. It is the greatest computer system on the planet. Their AI that they're developing is nothing and will never be like the intelligence that lies between your ears. Maybe you don't think you're that intelligent, but again, that's a perception of you about yourself. And we've always talked about that. You have to like the person looking back in the mirror. There is no limit to what that person looking back in the mirror can do, accomplish, or achieve in a lifetime. If you but believe, if you have faith, faith in yourself, and faith in what you're doing and believing that there is no stopping. <clears throat> when I think of Olympic athletes, 
I have a couple of little nieces right now. The one is, is involved in ninja and, and that type of stuff. And, and she's just amazing. She's like 11, 12 years old. And, and she has gone all the way to the state level. And she's just this little frail thing. But she ain't so frail when she's jumping and hanging around and pulling on those ropes and all the things that she does in this ninja competition. So we need to think about that. We think, think, think. Okay, principle number one, we need to learn how to think more efficiently, more effectively. In order to do that, we have to feed the thinking muscle information. Reading books. Remember, there's three things that can happen to change everything. The people you meet, the places you go, and the things you read. Those are basically the three things that can change everything in your life forever. Can take you to heights of success that you didn't even believe existed. I look at my own life where I'm at today at 73 years old. I've been in this financial services career for 47 years. Be 48 years in two more months in March. Be 48 years that I've been involved in the financial service business. And when I originally started, I was an auto mechanic, had not gone to college, didn't know anything about money or finance, but the opportunity presented itself to me and I grabbed it, like grabbing the ring on the carousel. And once I got started, I started to grow me. I read books, read books, got around other people who were successful, went to seminars, uh, coaching, listening. I had a mentor. I've had several mentors over my career because I wanted to succeed. I wanted it. It was better than having busted knuckles and, and bleeding fingers from working on automobiles in the wintertime. Like right now, I remember those days when you'd be trying, your fingers would be actually freezing and, and numb and, and you're trying to turn a bolt and work on an engine or an automobile when you found yourself out in the cold. I made a decision to become a better me, to grow me in a better way. Growing up, my dad had an eighth grade education, lived on a, grew up on a farm. I loved him dearly. There was love in our home. My mother and father were married their whole life. They never got a divorce through the good and the bad that I remember over their lifetime. They were always together, together. So academics was not part of my growing up. But I did find it after a while. When I was in high school, I thought, I didn't think I was as good as everybody else that was there. They were going to college and going to do this and going to do that. They were achieving in sports. I wanted to play football, but my dad wouldn't allow me to play football. His definition of football was 21 guys trying to kill the one guy on the field that had the ball. And I guess that's kind of true. But that was his perception of what football was. And he would not sign for me to play football. Went to the Air Force. Wanted to be an aircraft jet engine mechanic and ended up being a medic. They told me I was too smart to be a mechanic. They needed medics. They needed people that were smart enough to learn about medicine and how to take care of wounded soldiers and that type of thing. So I was a medic. Got out of the Air Force. I married my lovely wife who I've been with for 54 years. 
We'll be married 54 years in April. And, and it's been a journey, but I never quit and I never gave up. I never stopped learning. And all I'm trying to share with you is, is your opportunity, is your opportunity. We make our own opportunities based on how we think, what we do, what we read, the people we associate with, etc. So this thing I'm talking about, about the banks, you know, Donna went to the bank and wanted $2,000 and they couldn't give her $2,000 in cash. I thought that was absolutely amazing. She came into the office here that day and when she was, <laughs> she was ripped and ticked off. But they couldn't give her, they, they told her it would take her a week to get the $2,000. And the excuse they gave her said, well, the money truck didn't come there. Their delivery of cash didn't come this week. <clears throat> How do you... How do you answer that? But folks, that's what I believe is coming. There are some very, very tough times coming. So these principles that I want to go through here, and we'll cover them a little bit more on Friday and in the next week. Number two is C, increase your prosperity by adopting a big picture perspective. Can you, can you visualize, can you see the success in your life? Each one of your economic decisions affects all the others. Avoid financial tunnel vision. Number three, measure. Learn how to truly measure what's going on. There is a concept and a mathematical equation that studies opportunity cost. I believe that most people lose the majority of their wealth over their lifetime because of opportunity cost. Now, what is opportunity cost? I spend a dollar, I lose a dollar, unknowingly, unnecessarily, and I also lose the interest that dollar would have earned. So the opportunity is not only losing the dollar, but I lose the interest that dollar would have earned for my entire lifetime. You need to turn that around, folks. There are tough times coming. You cannot afford to lose money unknowingly and unnecessarily. You need to develop plans, become your own bank, learn how to manage your money and recapture the interest you would have lost. That is so important with everything that I do. Number four is understanding flow. The true measure of prosperity is cash flow. Don't focus on net worth alone because planning for retirement is building cash flow now and adding to it and adding to it so that when retirement time comes, you already have the cash flow built and in place to sustain you when you can no longer work anymore. Number five is control. We all have been trained and brainwashed to give up control of our money to the financial world. You cannot afford to do that. My battery just went dead. So you cannot afford to give up control. We need to stay in control. Those with the gold make the rules. Stay in control of your money rather than relinquishing control to others. 
you need to stay in control. Number six is move. Money in motion is what creates more money. The velocity of money is the movement of dollars through assets. Movement accelerates prosperity. Accumulation slows it down. Avoid stagnation in assets where dollars accumulate but are not put to use. Multiply. Prosperity comes readily when your money multiplies. Meaning that one dollar does not does many jobs. Your money is disabled when dollars perform only one or two jobs. It's a whole different way of thinking. Remember that? The number principle number one is thinking. So be prepared, folks. There may come a day in the very not too distant future where you're not going to be able to go into the bank and get cash. You better have some at home. In a steel box, in a safe, we need to have some cash at home. Minimum three months food, shelter, clothing, preferably six months. But we got to be prepared for what's coming. Because this new world order, the World Economic Forum, and the things that these billionaires of the world are talking about making happen. Some of it is very, very scary. Get my book, The Family Money Farm, The CFO Project. There it is right above us. You can go to cfo-project.com right there. Put in your name and email address and you'll get an email and a link to be able to download both of my books. Take advantage. You can also go to Barnes & Noble, Amazon, any of the big booksellers and purchase my book. God bless you all. May you have a great, wonderful day with all the blessings of the Lord above bestowed on you all of your days. God bless.